1: it. (laughs) Uh, Hello everybody. Let's listen to this word from Seeds Family Worship for a minute. Hi, Dan. All right, people. This is Hebrews
0: 412. Santa Mara, the sun and thoughts and intentions of the heart. I love
1: your word, I love your word of God. I like my Mia. I love your word of God. All right, so if you want to watch that video, you can go over to YouTube and look up the Word of God video from Seed's Family Worship, so that's Seed as in S-E-E-D-S. Okay, and so what we're going to do today, though, oops, I have to untangle myself from this, um, okay. So what we're going to do, hi everybody, hope that you're having a good day. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kill that over here. Boom! Now it's dead. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're going to do our Bible study. We're in the book of 1 Peter, and um, that's what we're going to do. I wanted to start the show, though, by by reading you an article uh, that that I found a couple of days ago, and I really... Uh, I really want you to listen to this because it's very impactful. In the true sense of the term, impactful. Yeah, it is. Okay, so it starts here. Satan will sing you to sleep, waking up from spiritual indifference. And it's by John Bloom, who is a staff writer over at DesiringGod.org. Um, it says here, you don't tell people about Jesus because you don't care about their eternal state. His assertion stung, but I knew it was true. Confronted with the way he lives for the lost, its truth was as obvious to me as the nose on my face. And like the nose on my face, I wasn't paying much attention to it until he called it out. But unlike the nose on my face, his assertion was eternally significant. I recently met this remarkable man while traveling in the Middle East. He, along with his wife, is leading a rapidly growing movement of Muslims turning to Christ in a very restrictive part of the Islamic world. I had the great and exposing privilege of spending hours with him. I wish I could tell you more about his story, how Jesus called him, and the incredible ways the Lord uniquely um, prepared him to make disciples and plant churches in a very dangerous place. His story is worth a book someday. For now, I will spare the details lest I in any way expose him. I must pass along something he shared with me, though, because we all might be ignoring the obvious and eternally significant, quote, no's, unquote, on our collective Western Christian faces, to our own spiritual detriment, for sure, but also to the spiritual catastrophe of those around us. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to actually continue reading this, but I I have to tell you something. What we do here on Bible News Radio is so not popular. (laughs) You know, and, you know, it cracks me up that, you know, I, I spend my life around the hour that we do on this show. Um, because I'm committed to sharing the gospel and to discipling believers. And we are in a spiritual decay in this country. uh, And um, the love of many has truly grown cold. And sometimes I feel like I'm a voice crying out in the wilderness, kind of like John the Baptist was back in the day. Um, But you know what? I'm going to still do it. If five people show up to this broadcast and you hear the gospel and you, you are encouraged in your faith, then to me that's actually worth it. Uh, If one person shows up, you know, then it's worth it. Because you never know what that who that person is, who they could be impacting for the Lord. I just have to tell you, what we do, you guys, here at this show is unique. Because we are standing in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation trying to proclaim the truth about who Christ is, but also biblical principles, you know, like the sanctity of marriage or the fact that God made two genders, male and female, just for starters, or the fact that there's a baby in a mother's womb and not a blob of tissue. You know, those are the big, big ones, right? But anyway, but listen to this. It says here, what could happen to them? My new friend lives in an Islamic country where sharing the gospel, if you're caught, will get you thrown into prison and likely tortured to extract information about other Christians. Yet he and his wife are daily diligently seeking to share the gospel with others because they want to share with them in its blessings even more than they want their own survival. Each morning when this husband and wife part ways, they acknowledge to one another that it might be the last time they see each other. She knows, if caught, part of her torture will almost assuredly include rape, probably repeatedly. He knows, if caught, brutal things await him before a likely execution. For to them... To live as Christ and to die as gain. Philippians 1 Yet each day they prayerfully pursue the Spirit of Jesus' direction in order to show the lost the way of salvation, and they are equipping other Christians to do the same. They're wholly dependent on God. When I say prayerfully, I mean prayerfully. They and their fellow leaders spend a minimum of four hours a day in prayer and God's word and frequently fast for extended periods before they go out seeking souls. They do this because they need to. Spiritual strongholds do not do not give away and conversions don't happen unless they do this. One wrong move and a whole network of believers could be exposed. So they depend on the Holy Spirit to specifically lead them to people the Spirit has prepared. For them, the doctrine of election is not some abstract theological controversy for seminary students to debate. They see it played out in front of them continually. The sensationism versus continuationism debate, which basically is basically, let me just say this. It, the sensationism is the idea that <clears throat> at, that um, when the church was born, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, miracles and all those things ceased. They, they ceased as opposed to the fact that you can still see them today. So there is this debate. Cessationists believe that, you know, miracles and all that stuff no longer happen. Um, the truth is, they do happen. I'm not a cessationist, but anyway. Um, so, anyway, he goes on to say, they regularly see the Holy Spirit do things we read about in the book of Acts. As my friend described the Spirit's activity where he lives, it was clear that all the revelatory, miraculous spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 are a normal part of life for these believers because they really need them. They're not debating Christian hedonism either. There's a link to that. Uh, When you live under the threat of death daily, either life is Christ and death is gain to you, or you will not last. So I learned that my friend has translated John Piper's original sermon series on Christian hedonism into his native language and used them as part of his core theological curriculum for believers. By the way, I'm not a big proponent of John Piper um, for a few reasons, but I won't get into that. It's not important. This is why I wanted to share this with you. Lulled by an evil lullaby. All those things were wonderful and encouraging as well as convicting to hear. But then he told me a disturbing story. And this is why I'm sharing this with you. All those things, uh, a number of years ago, this man and his wife were given the opportunity to move to the States, as in the United States. And they did. After living here for a period of time, however, the wife began to plead with her husband that they move back to their Islamic country of origin. Why, she told him, it's like there's a satanic lullaby playing here and the Christians are asleep and I feel like I'm falling asleep. Please, let's go back, which they did. God be praised. This story contains an urgent message we must hear. She wanted to go back to a dangerous environment to escape what she recognized as a greater danger to her faith, spiritual lethar- lethar- lethargy, 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 <laughs> lethargy. Nailed it. And indifference. (laughs) Uh, uh, This should stop us in our tracks. Do we recognize this as a serious danger? How spiritually sleepy are we? According to my new friend, we can gauge our sleepiness by how the eternal states of non-Christians around us shape the way we approach life. Judging by the general behavior of Christians in the West, it's clear to my friend that as a whole, we can all point to remarkable exceptions. We don't care much about people's eternal states. And then he says, are we content to sleep? My friend and his wife are right. There is a satanic lullaby playing even in churches across the West. Why else are we so lethargic in the midst of such relative freedom and unprecedented prosperity? Where is our collective Christian sense of urgency? Where are the tears over the perishing? Where is the groaning? Where is the fasting and prevailing intercession for those we love and those we live near and those we work with, not to mention the unreached of the world who have no meaningful gospel witness among them? Paul had great sorrow and unceasing anguish in his heart over his unbelieving Jewish kinsmen. Do we feel anything like that? And Paul's spirit-inspired urgency to, to bring the gospel to the lost shaped his whole approach to life. For he said, I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 22 to 23. What is shaping our approach to life? If we think that kind of mentality was only for someone with Paul's apostolic calling, all we need to do is keep reading 1 Corinthians 924 27 It's clear that Paul means for us to run our unique faith, faith races with the same kind of kingdom-focused mentality. If we're not feeling anguish over people's eternal state and ordering our lives around, praying for and trying to find ways to bring the gospel to them, we are being lulled to sleep by the devil's soothing strains. It's time to start fasting and praying and pleading with God and one another to wake up. And he goes on and he talks a little bit more. But I wanted to read this to you. You can find this at Desiring God. And it's called Satan Will Sing You to Sleep, Waking Up from Spiritual Indifference. You know, it says a lot to me that the woman would say that knowing that in an Islamic country, if she was captured and tortured, she could be raped brut- brutally and then murdered. And often in the persecuted underground church in particular, uh, sometimes what these Muslim extremists and other terrorists will do is they will actually take the husband and they'll rape the wife in front of the husband. And I don't know about you, but most normal husbands would want to, would, would, that would kill them to watch their wife be hurt that way. Um, and yet that couple are exemplifying that burden to live as Christ and to die is gain. And so I just, you know, go ahead and bring this up because, you know, we decided that we're going to come back here and do a weekly Bible study. And I think part of the reason why it's so important to get into God's word is because if we're not in God's word, then we're even more asleep than if we, you know what I mean? We need to be in it in order to keep ourselves awake. So, uh, so, what we're going to do today is we're going to open up to First Peter, and we're still in chapter 1. Uh, Bareface is going to teach us, and I'm going to compliment his teaching, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I'll go, yay, Bareface, that was super great. Where are you at? Oh, there you are. So, just so you know, I don't know if I look different. Um, I have no light shining on me, so I might have a little bit more color than normal. I still feel like I look light, white, though. You know, maybe Bareface needs the light. Yeah, there you go. Do I look too white? Do I, am I too pale? I think it's just my, you know, a couple of people have said to me, are you okay? Do you feel well? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's maybe my hair is just turning white. I look whiter. I don't know. But anyway, um, so there he is, my handsome monkey man. How are you, honey?
0: I'm doing well. are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you.
0: Check one, two. I guess this thing is on, right? You
1: want me to turn it up? Just a
0: little bit. That would help. Is that better? That's better. Okay. About as loud as you are now.
1: Okay. All right, uh, so...
0: I don't know. You can see the levels over there. I cannot...
1: Mine is way up. Mine's way more higher than yours. It's okay. Like, right, go ahead, talk.
0: I'm talking one, two. Check one, two. Testing. In a world...
1: Don't we look professional? No. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, we don't. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we do. Okay. okay, anyway. All right, so uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to open up to First Peter. Um, I want to encourage you guys to, um, uh, if you did not yet download Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum's um, actual study in First Peter, you can, and I did this myself, you guys, I actually bought from my own sponsor, okay, just so you know. Um, you can get the, the MP3, which is 15 tracks, they're about 15 minutes each, that's, that's, um, you know, a good, uh, you know, that's a good, um, that's good. That's a lot of, that's about over three hours of, of audio. Um, and you can listen to it in small bites. Um, and then of course the PDF version, it's like 50 pages and it's like three bucks. So anyway, you can get both those things for $4. I think it is and 80 cents when you use our coupon code Bible news right there. And you can save that just by going over to Ariel and then, um, look for first Peter and then you can download the stuff and, and you can follow along. There's some really good stuff in here and stuff that you're not going to hear probably from most Bible teachers because they don't look at it from the context it's written in.
0: It probably won't hear it from me because I haven't looked at it. I haven't looked at. I it have though, and so me.
1: where you decide to teach unbiblically, I will, I'll correct you.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Oh, fuck. I would never correct, uh, correct my bare face.
0: I, if it's unbiblical, I.
1: Well, there. I hope that
0: you would. There
1: are certain things uh, that I was going to look at in First Peter chapter two that. I often hear taught unbiblically or incorrectly because they don't understand the context. But we'll get to that when we get to that. I think you said that we left off where?
0: Uh, At the end of chapter one, I'd like to pick up in verse 22 since that's kind of where it sort of ends. I mean, Peter didn't write in chapters. (coughs) Okay. Peter didn't write in chapters, but for the division of the, you know, for the sake of the chapter divisions. Uh, 22 (sighs) through 25. Okay. Sorry. Ends a thought. And that's probably why it was divided this way.
1: Just never ceases to amaze me. I've had this weird tickle in my throat, like for a couple of weeks. And it just comes, decides to happen at bedtime when I'm trying to sleep and when I'm on air. So we'll see how much of this I can drink today, people. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, okay. Well, um, should we pray?
0: Yeah, we should. Definitely. You want me don't
1: pray? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right, people, people of the Word of God, let's pray. Uh, Father, um, I just want to say thank you for this time that we have to be in your Word. Lord, which is holy and it's living. And that's the amazing thing to me is that it's holy and living. It's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, we know that you can divide, you know, you can you can help us out. You can help us understand it. And so today, I just want to ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word, that you'd speak to us the way that you do, uh, individually, but also collectively, Um, I ask that you keep away any distractions in our chat room and that you would draw anybody, Father, who needs to come and hear your word today, that they would come and they would find the show, that they would know that we care about you and your word. And, um, Lord, that you would just bless that, that you would bless your word and uh, draw people to you. Lord, thanks for Bareface and uh, for all the people that are here. And we commit this to you in Jesus' name because we love you. We know that you are the name above every name. You know, we know that at the name of Yeshua, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord to the glory of God, the father. And so we come to you, Lord, with fear and reverence, knowing that you are holy and uh, that you, you, Lord, are awesome and that you love us. And that's a great thing. So I want to say thank you for that. All right. Okay, people. So, uh, okay. so what what do you how do you want to do this?
0: Well, let's do a little bit of quick review. Uh, Peter, he's writing to the, you know, the uh, dispersion uh, there in the uh, Mediterranean world; uh, those fleeing persecution, and he's saying that basically encouraging them in their faith. You know, the suffering that you're enduring doesn't mean the end. It's it's kind of expected, and that uh the you know what we've been telling you about the gospel that we're eyewitnesses to these things the prophets knew about these things are written in the old testament uh as prophecies hundreds of prophecies over hundreds of years concerning uh messiah his suffering his his resurrection his glorification and then his uh you know and the spread of of the church if you will or you know his followers uh, both Jews and Gentiles, it's, it's there and it's prophesied. And these things weren't revealed the prophets for them in their day, but it was for a future thing, and you are that future. He's right in the audience. Them and we who are on the other side of the resurrection, um, you were on the side of the empty tomb. We're like, okay, these things are for us, the things that God promised um, millennia ago you know, we are the recipients of that, and so, it says in light of all this, knowing that, you know, this isn't, none of this is catching God by surprise, this is, uh, a plan that was hatched from before the foundation of the world, all this should come down, then you should have this sure hope, in fact, he says, completely hope, or perfectly hope, the idea of, um, as if, uh, perfectly hope in the grace that is will be revealed to you at the or will you know the grace that will come to you with the revelation of yeshua messiah that um, that more than anything else in life you can be sure and put your earnest expectation on what's to come with the revelation of yeshua with his with his return anyway so verse 22 it says since you have uh, obedience to the truth, purified your souls for us, and see your love of the brethren, fervently one fervently love one another from a pure heart. It's like since you've done this, this is an expected that if um, if you know you've with this this faith that you have then it's you know it's as good as done that you have and you purified yourselves in obedience and so you have this you have this um, sincere love uh, you know the sincere there in the English we get from the Latin sinceris which means without wax and that goes back to Back in the days of the marketplace, when someone would sell clay pottery or something, and it cracked, you know, during its firing or whatever, they'd fill it in with wax, and you know, this is like coal; it doesn't have any cracks, perfect for water, whatever. It was it was it was fraud, really? What it was, you know, because mm-hmm. anyway, so sinceris without wax means it, it is as it is. I mean, um, what you see is what you get. You know, an unpretended. <clears throat> brotherly love uh the unfeigned K- unfeigned i like that
1: that's actually the king james i king think yes
0: yeah and the kg3 puts un unpretended yeah. it's sincere it's genuine how about genuine i like that word
1: well and this is agape love by the way right in, in the greek so
0: right Genuine love okay since you've done this obedience to the truth through the spirit love one another fervently out of a pure heart Um, God's given us this love. God is love and, you know, demonstrated in Messiah, you know, perfect love. And since, you know, it ought to flesh out itself on a horizontal level with a fervent love for our brethren, you know, brethren, sister, and people in the, you know, body of faith uh, out of a pure heart, um, not... Yeah, again, just this unfeigned love, this genuine love ought to be out of a genuine heart. Do mm-hmm.
1: um, you want me to read what Arnold wrote?
0: Sure, that's great.
1: Okay, so Arnold wrote, um, he wrote, the command is love one another from the heart fervently. The Greek word here, used here for love is agape, which means a love of the will. It is to be a mutual love. The source of this love should be from the heart. The the intensity of this kind of love should be fervent, meaning it is to be expressed in its full capacity. Four things form the basis of this love. First, the purification of their souls. This is moral purification. Secondly, obedience to the truth. Thirdly, unfeigned love of the brethren, The word unfeigned means without hypocrisy. The Greek word for love of the brethren is Philadelphia, which is used only of love between believers in the New Testament. So because of Philadelphia love, they should have agape love. And fourthly, they have been born again through the word of God. They were born the first time from corruptible seed, the seed of Adam. Now they have been born a second time from incorruptible seed. This incorruptible seed has the same nature as the inheritance spoken of in verse 4. It cannot fade away. It will not degenerate because it's supernatural. The means of the new birth is through the word of God which lives and abides. The Greek word used here for word is logos, which emphasizes the totality of the word both in its spoken and written forms Uh, The Greek word for lives means actively possessing life, and the word for abides means permanent, unchangeable, relevant for all time, because they have been regenerated, therefore they are to love. The command to love is based upon what God has done for believers. So I'll just stop there with his observations on that. I think it's great, though, and I think for me the thing that stands out is that here's... One of my pet peeves. <laughs> we we talk about love a lot in the world, you know. We always say, hey, I love you or love you. You know, we just throw it around like, you know, like it, like, like it doesn't mean anything. And yet, as believers, you know, it really should mean something. So, um, I like the fact that it says here, the Philadelphia love should have agape love. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know... I don't know how many of you have ever been in a church setting where people claim they love you, but then when things are hard and stuff, they kind of like, they're like nowhere to be found, you know? I can tell you in the last church I attended that in California, when I was going through a hard time, attended that church for a decade at least, like it was crickets. It's like, well, where, I didn't go for church for weeks, even months, and I barely had anybody reach out to me and figure out what was going on, um, including the leadership. You know, and it's, it's kind of like, really, don't tell me you love me and you're not there for me. You know, and I had another friend who actually I'm still friends with today. Same thing. She went through a situation uh, where she had surgery and I was the only one that visited her. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, we don't want to, like, do any of that type of stuff. So so I like the idea of, um, you know, unfeigned without hypocrisy type love because we live in a culture today where... Yeah. You know, just saying.
0: Yeah. yeah, don't say it and don't show up. And yeah. and you know, on the the other end where it's still uh, it's feigned it's show up, but it's not out of out of a pure heart. Yeah, know, like when it? I had
1: my hysterectomy, the couple of people showed up, but I could tell they were like gotta go visit her. It was
0: obligatory.
1: Yeah, it was obligatory, not like they really gave a crap, you know. <laughs> But anyway,
0: <clears throat> anyway, I like the idea of being regenerated, born again, um, uh, and that's kind of the idea in the Greek: is being regenerated. It's not like um, uh, it's not like something added to you, or you know, it's it's it's, it's born again. It's, it's 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 like regenerated, and not by corruptible seed and that takes me back to john chapter three you know the conversation that you had with nick demone with nicodemus uh about you know that which is born in flesh is flesh and that was born of the spirit is spirit we're talking a a new thing not born again in your understanding but in born of the spirit so not by corruptible seed but incorruptible through the living word of god and um uh, through the living and abiding Word of God, and it's um, um and and I see the NASB doesn't say well I guess well abiding living and abiding Word of God, I think the King James puts a living Word of God that remains forever same idea a little just right. in the translation a little order of the adjectives. Anyway, when I think about the regeneration, the whole going back again, John chapter three, that's born of the flesh; Your flesh, that was born of the spirit, of spirit, and things that we sometimes try to do spiritual things in the flesh, and and our spiritual maturity is not a result of our fleshly efforts ever, but it's the it's the outcome of continual yielding to the Holy Spirit. And that's a tough thing i in my life, I don't know about other people, you know because we want to we you know if I huff and I puff, you know, blow this thing down, like rid of this, I just have to work harder and, oh that's in the flesh if I do this more, if I do and we want to do you know we want to work all of the word to work out our own salvation sometimes that work we want to put that into some sort of activity whereas instead of doing it's more of a being and yielding holy spirit you know take over here do this i and surrender and yielding
1: yeah what really bugs me is when people tell the holy spirit what they do that irritates me
0: <laughs> yeah
1: there. i mean just get on periscope any length of time mm. and and troll through some of the false prophets on mm. here and, and and hear these people yelling at God and telling them how, you know, how he's supposed to be. I just cringe. I'm like, have you ever read Acts? Just saying, because, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, they, they didn't live long. Mm. You know, I mean, but anyway.
0: I, I'm tempted to read 14 verses of Romans chapter 8, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just encourage everybody. Romans chapter 8.
1: Well, why not? Go ahead.
0: That's 14 verses. So,
1: this is a Bible study. All That's right. Part of the compliment of the... You guys mind? Put a one if you care. Put a one if you're like, yeah, barefaced, you should get out of First Peter and go to Romans 8. Or put a two if you're like, no, stay in First Peter. We don't <laughs> want to go into that any other part of God's word. Ah! Okay, so two if you don't want him to do it, one if you do. <laughs> in case you forgot. Okay, Gina said one. Go ahead. By the way, there's seven people watching. Yeah, you are. Good for you. Yeah, you are. Hey, you know what? Seven people who are growing in their walk with God right now. There you go. <laughs> I look at it. Just, hey, if I had seven people at my house for a Bible study, I'd be thrilled. So just saying, just because it's on Periscope true. doesn't exactly. mean this is bad.
0: Sean says three on YouTube.
1: He does? Okay. It's because Sean is likes to.
0: That I means he's undecided. Jokes. Yeah. All right. right.
1: Okay. I saw it. Okay, yeah. and anyway, I don't know if anybody's watching. It, it on just
0: seems to me just um, sort of the quintessential treatise, I guess, on what we do in the flesh versus the spirit. Anyway, okay. Romans chapter eight. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I'm just going to read. Okay. There is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. For the law being powerless, it was in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous demand of the law might be fulfilled in us. Those not walking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the ones that are according to the flesh, mind the things of the flesh." And the ones according to spirit mind the things of the spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity towards God. For it is not being subjected to the law of God, nor neither can it be. And those being in the flesh are not able to please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. But if any one has not the Spirit of Christ, this one is not his. But if Christ is in you, the body indeed is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of the one having raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one having raised the Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies live through the indwelling of his Spirit in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, For if you live according to flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the practices of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And I remember having a conversation with um, a younger believer years ago and talking about this kind of thing where I say in the flesh, well, you know, I want to, you know, there was a, there was a bad habit he wanted to deal with. And he says, you know, I'm I'm trying really hard and I'm you know and I'm and I'm you know I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I've determined not <laughs> I'm like, well there's there's your problem, you know, because the, the the you know the, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Uh, and so to think that somehow I'm going to take you know this worldly thought and make it you know, line up with the body, or I'm going to make these efforts in the flesh and make them subject to, you know, the law of the Spirit, it's just not going to happen. It's not a matter of, again, huff and puff, and I'm going to try real hard. It's it's a matter of yielding to the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Not by the flesh putting the deeds of the flesh, and, but by the Spirit you know i'm i've I've met uh you know unbelievers like let's say quitting smoking for for example you know just like um just like Mark Twain you know they'll say you know quitting smoking is easy I've done it dozens of times um <laughs> you know it, it doesn't stick because they're you know trying whatever fleshly method of I'm not saying that, I'm not going to say smoking is immoral, but if that's something for you, that, you know, James said, whatever is not from faith is sin. If you, if that's, you know, if you're, can do it in good conscience for God, that's great, It's between you and God. But if it gives you a problem you want, it's something you want to stop, you know, and... and and acting fleshly means to do so probably not going to be as successful as spiritual means to put to death the deeds of the flesh does that make sense
1: yep makes sense
0: mm. all right so last two verses chapter one um Uh, Peter quotes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. Here.
1: Yep. Want me to read it? Yes. For all flesh is as grass. Well, I'll just read it over there. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you.
0: Yep, that very same word.
1: I remember when I was a, a kid and I was in uh I was first saved, um, they sold Bible book covers with this verse on it. Yeah, yeah it was a popular verse back then. Hmm. You know? And now it's like, What? Did you say something? So anyway. Uh so Arnold says here, uh Peter quoted Isaiah forty six to 8, 40, chapter forty, verses Er-hoo. six to eight. Yeah. The Greek word for word here is rhema, which is the spoken word or proclamation of the gospel. The quote proves that the word of God lives and abides while human existence is transient, like grass. The third observation makes the application of verse 25b, and this is the word of good tidings which was preached to you. The living and abiding word of good tidings is the gospel, hence, their spiritual security is assured, although their physical life was not. They might die in the persecution they were now facing. However, they were not to fear the physical abuse of the spiritual is guaranteed. So, yeah. And again, you know, that's, that's important in the context of this letter because he's writing to Jewish believers, uh, Peter himself being Jewish, uh, writing, you know, basically saying, uh, you know what, you guys, we know that you're, you're, you know, you might suffer persecution, but don't worry, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flowers of grass. And the grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And I don't know about you guys, but I find comfort in that. <laughs> oh. I find a lot of comfort in that, because I know... Because here's the thing, think about it. If we, If the word of God died, or did not live and remain, oh. then when we die... Where are we going? I mean the, the, and it's really if you think about it it's actually a foreshadowing of Christ coming back to life really sure. so if you actually think about it, sure. if you think about it, you got to think about it though yeah. it's actually that's actually a kind of veiled reference to the resurrection so
0: yeah. um, I know what I mean for myself. As I studied um, I wrote uh, whether they last days, decades or centuries. The monuments and accomplishments of mankind that only focus on earthly things are temporary. The best that the world has to offer can only last someone a lifetime, which in the span of history is as a dandelion or other weed flower springing up fast and then quickly dropping off. Like the everlasting father, his word, too, remains forever. Even the word who became flesh and dwelt among us both possesses and offers eternal life this is the good news in word and indeed yeah it
1: is good news you know no, it's totally good news i love it i think it's awesome yeah i do all right now it's time to take a break <laughs> we already did say ariel ministries is our sponsor so if you guys did not Go there yet? Don't forget, there's Camp Shoshana coming up. Yeah, it is School of Messianic Jewish Studies program, Messianic Jewish Studies, July 7th through August 30th, uh, and actually they have special Labor Day weekend classes, August 30th through September 2nd. If you have the money and you can do this, go for it. You can you can learn more at campshoshana.com or go to ariel.org. You can learn more. They do have scholarships. They they actually do. So you could also call them up and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in camp. Um, how can you help me out? Cause they definitely want people at it. So there is that, uh, and the feasts and fasts of Israel. Yep. That, that book is also another highly recommended resource from Ariel ministries that you can get to, you don't have to put it up. That's All okay. Right. All right. So the other thing is, if you want to go to biblenewsradio.com forward slash give you guys can donate as god leads you to you know as he lays it on your heart to donate to the show uh feel free to become a pillar of the community if you'd like i'd love that personally um you know Randall and i are here every day literally unless unless it's a rare circumstance we're here some in some way form or fashion um so feel free to donate as god leads you to and also if you want to support our show through um uh through <laughs> I'm like through what? No. <laughs> Rand- Randall has has two big pictures of me like Prow! I'm like what? Tell me, tell me what to do. No. <laughs> Please tell me. No. Uh through Legal Shield if you want to become a lady of justice, you can by the way. Um uh here's the thing. there's a couple of things number one if you want to learn to make money as a salesperson uh you know offering this great service then become sign up become a lady of justice or a man of justice you you would be a legal eagle if you if you if you're a guy, and you want to earn some extra money. But here's the thing. You're not going to make any money unless you actually do the work. That's the true story. So don't think that you're going to get into this company and go, oh, I'm going to make millions of dollars or hundreds and thousands if you don't actually do the work. Sales is difficult. And it's not for the faint of heart. I'm just going to say that. Uh, it, you know, and, and next month is my one-year anniversary of being in Legal Shield as the Lady of Justice. And I have to tell you that... I have grown so much as a person just in this last year, just the personal development, aside from the product itself, right? Um, and just for that reason alone, I think because of my background as a therapist, I just really appreciate what they what they offer. Um, so tonight is Wednesday. Ladies of Justice is actually doing an informational meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you watch my social media, I will tweet out a link. and You can join it at 7 p.m. if you're interested in learning more about how to do that. Um, If you decide you want to sign up and be an associate, then guess what? 7.30, they have an onboarding show that you can actually watch live with the leadership at Ladies of Justice. It actually tells you how to do it. It's, It's very cool. And that's actually one of the things I love about this company. I love that they have made it where the corporate CEOs of this company actually are mentoring everybody else. And I don't know if you can go into IBM or or microsoft or any other huge company out there as a newbie person and knock on the door of the ceo anytime you feel like it or message them or get their personal email or phone number Um, but pretty much you can with ladies of justice and legal shield Um, so for me that's a huge thing Um, but even more so i love this service because the product works Uh, what we offer is awesome and yesterday I got a testimony from Darren Mel, who by the way is a former homosexual. Uh, he actually was at the Freedom March, which took place a couple of days ago in Washington. He's going to be my guest tomorrow, or not tomorrow, next week. Um, we're going to talk about it. But I was talking. I've talked to Darren for months about Legal Shield, about seven months, uh, and he signed up yesterday. He gave me this ver- his written testimony. I didn't even ask for it, but this is what he said. And I love it. I'm going to read it. it. Says here. Darren wrote, I just saved $250 with Legal Shield. I just got access to business legal documents I needed. And also we'll be able to do our living will. And I have access to lawyers who will do contract review. The documents I just got through Legal Shield were quoted by a lawyer to do it for me for $250. Hence, I just saved that money. Now I have Legal Shield documents to help. Thank you, Stacey Lynn, for being a great Legal Shield associate. You're welcome. Uh, You helped me see how valuable this product is. Your presentations were quite helpful, which I did a lot of them. (laughs) Uh, The sign-up process was relatively easy, too. I actually did that. So so super easy. Um, If you need legal protection, guess what you do? Contact me right away. That's what he wrote. He wrote that unsolicited. So I was happy about that because... You can save money with this membership, not only on all the great services, but on the member perks, you know, and I've talked a lot about that um, as well as identity theft protection as well. So if you want to know more, you want to do a one-on-one with me so I can talk to you more about it, find out what your needs are. Uh, I'm not going to sell you anything you don't need. Uh, In fact, I've actually talked a couple of people out of this membership because I knew what they needed specifically. It wouldn't cover it. Um, but 90% of what we use this membership for it's covered. Um, and I just, I think everybody should have it anyway, but so you can go bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019 all caps. For those of you who are listening on the audio, you can hear that again, or you can just contact me through any of my social media at uh, Bible news radio. Okay. You can just contact me and just say, Hey, that's what I'd like. And yesterday I announced that because of my first year being in for, for one year, uh, anybody who signs up in the first two weeks of next month, well, I guess starting this, you know, I mean, this month's almost over. But from now to the next, uh, through the, the middle of next month, uh, I will give 25% back on whatever it is you buy. So, for example, if you purchase a full membership, um, family Legal Shield and ID Shield, that's a fifty dollar purchase. I will give you twenty five percent back on that fifty dollars your first month. Okay? So just keep that in mind if you've been putting it off and thinking, Oh, I don't wanna whatever. What was that?
0: Oh, uh, just a computer falling over, no big deal.
1: Okay. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Anyway, so just, you know, I'll tell you more when you when you sign up. Okay? So just get in touch. Okay. Grover is in here. Yeah, he is. Okay. You want to say hi, mister? Hey. Yours, oh, mister. Ugh. Now, what do mister and me have in common, you might ask? It's curly hair, people. And his hair is whiter than mine. But look at that face. How could you not love this face? Yeah, how could you not love it? Yeah. <laughs> Quick screenshot. I love this dog. He is the awesome dog. (laughs) I love my Bubba. Yeah, I love you, baby. Yes, I love him. Yeah, I do. All right, you tell me when you're ready to go back. I
0: have time. Oh, you
1: are? Okay, I was trying to kill time. I I
0: didn't know that.
1: You can never kill time. But look at that face. Hi, wave hi. Yes. Hi, Mama. (laughs) Okay, you want to get down now? See ya. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I love him. What can I say? He's such a good dog. We came home from Pickleball last night, and guess who? Knocked over the trash. Mm-hmm. Yep, it wasn't Grover. <laughs> it was the face of evil, who's also been known to break into visiting backpacks and other things. So, yeah, anyway... <laughs> Okay, so should we continue in chapter 2?
0: Yes, we should. All right. Wow, we've only got 10 minutes.
1: Yep. Okay, so how about I read the first two verses, or three verses. Okay. Okay. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. I love this verse. This was one of the verses I memorized when I first was a believer, um, you know, for obvious reasons. But do you want to commentate or shall I?
0: Um, go right ahead. Sure? Yes. Okay.
1: All right. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, I want to point out what Dr. Fruchtenbaum writes here. He writes in this next section, verses 1 through 10, which we're not going to look at the whole thing. He actually is talking in particular to the remnant of believers. So these are the Jewish believers. This is not the non-remnant, the Greeks or anybody else. It's these are the Jews. And he writes, he writes, Throughout the scriptures, there have always been two Israels, Israel the whole, composed of all Jews, and Israel, the remnant, composed of believing Jews only, especially in this section, Peter says things that are true only of Jewish believers, not of the whole body of the Messiah. So in other words, the church, he's talking about Jewish believers, not just the church. Uh, This must be kept in mind to be able to fully understand all that Peter is trying to say here in dealing with this this matter. The distinction he's drawing is not between Jews and Gentiles, nor is it between believers and unbelievers. It's strictly between Jewish believers, the remnant, and Jewish unbelievers, the non-remnant. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So the spiritual state of the remnant is how he addresses this first couple of verses. And he says, Peter begins this passage by describing the spiritual state of the remnant and makes three points. First, he spells out what it is Uh, To be rejected in this verse, putting away, therefore, all wickedness, of course, New American standards is uh, malice, Um, um, and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. The expression putting away means to take off an article of clothing and fling it away like a badly stained garment. Uh, Peter lists five things new believers have to reject. Think about this and ask yourself this. Ask yourself if you have rejected these things. Number one, all wickedness, which refers to all kinds of evil conduct or malice. Uh, Secondly, all guile, which includes deceit, cunningness, and craftiness. Thirdly, hypocrisies, which involve all of the various forms of pretenses. Fourthly, envies, meaning feelings of displeasure when hearing of the blessing or prosperity of others. And fifth, all evil speakings, which refers to the misuse of the tongue, such as speech that runs down another. Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of the issues that I see in online discernment ministries constantly, is that there happens to be a big, huge problem with the evil speakings in the church. And if you don't believe me, just do some trolling on Beth Moore's Twitter page and look at how Beth Moore has been maligned recently. Um, and, you know, some other things. There's I, on purpose, don't cover it anymore because even though I, I could, I could put Beth Moore's name in the title of this show and there'd be way more people in here. Um, I'm not going to bring light to this stuff because it's immature and you shouldn't be doing it. Um, but instead... And this is what i love about this verse in verse 2 he says like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation just so you know babies can't grow without milk that's why we give them formula right or breast milk right um and so arnold he writes by calling them newborn babes he makes it obvious that these are young jewish believers who have not been in the faith long enough to have matured spiritually and the greek word he uses refers to a child at birth uh, and he references luke 2 uh, where the child you know is born um, and in some other verses and he says as new as new baby believers they can't yet handle the meat of the word they need spiritual milk so that they have to long for or desire spiritual milk of the word of god the term spiritual me- milk means the basics of the word of god uh, for young believers and um, and he says without guile or without uh, malice, you know, um, which means that there's nothing crafty or deceitful in it at all. You know, the purpose of partaking of the spiritual milk is so that they grow spiritually. <laughs> Makes sense, huh? Um, as they grow, they will eventually be ready for the meat of the word of God. And then lastly, he says here, Uh, thirdly, even as babes in the faith, they had already experienced that the Lord is good in verse three. If you have tasted the Lord, that the Lord is gracious. This statement is based on Psalm three, eight, the word for tested means actual appropriation. So the spiritual state of the remnant is that they were newborn babes in the, in need of the milk of the word so that they can continue to grow until they're ready for the meat of the word of God. I will tell you something too. We have no reason today, ever, in the 21st century, as believers, to be ignorant of God's word. (laughs) We just don't. There are so many teaching tools and internet and, you know, stuff, even in the unreached people lands, um... You know, God has sent missionaries over to help teach God's word. And you know, what? one of my secret prayers has been for this show is that somewhere, somewhere, wherever the internet is, that somebody in some unreached land and maybe even an underground church in China, that somewhere, somehow this show is heard somewhere that they need God's word, even as a, even as a baby believer, because baby believers don't, they don't know they don't know the basics and most people most Christians don't. So, speaking of that, we'll have bareface tell us, you know, what you think about this passage cuz cuz I think this is a very rich passage and yeah. Yeah. I've always read this as, you know what, God, help me to help me to put aside all that crap, all the malice, all that stuff, hypocrisy, envy, and you know, help me be like a babe, a newborn babe, you know. Not mm-hmm. a fat baby like Amy Grant wrote about one time, but you know, a newborn babe, which means you're getting get fed that milk, and you're going to grow. You're not going to be stuck.
0: Yeah, uh, just a couple things since our time is running short. Uh, you know, you talked about the Messianic Jews versus the non-Messianic Jews, right? And I'm reminded of Romans nine, chapter six, where Paul says, "Not all are Israel who are of Israel. You know, not not everyone that is called." Israel well, or is, you know, or not everyone of Jewish descent, basically, is really a true Jew. as Like me. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, like Aviad Cohen yeah. would say. Just trying to be true Jew here. Right. You know, that's by being a Messianic Jew, you know, believing in Messiah, that's true Jew. So... And then putting aside, and I like that you brought out that, um, or Arnold brought out, or whoever brought out about about you know taking off a garment, and putting aside.
1: Arnold did. I just read okay. it. He's smarter but, than me. Well, he's goes, more Jewish than me. So
0: yeah, and it goes back to what we, how chapter one ends. Of course, Peter didn't write in chapters; it was one long letter. And right. these two go together, where he talks about, basically you know, living in the spirit versus the flesh. You haven't been, you know, regenerated by corruptible seed by incorruptible. And that whole thing I wrote for Romans chapter eight, that's the whole thing. It's putting aside all malice and notice they didn't getting a handle on getting a troll, getting under control. It's not like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, contain this or constrain it. I'm going to constrain my malice, my God, my hypocrisy, my envy, all slander. I'm going to get a handle on it. I'm No, it doesn't work that way you know uh, the the flesh is not subject to the law of god nor indeed can be so it's not a yeah i'm going to puff and i'm going to puff I get some. no putting aside all malice is just like casting out the garment it's it's got no place and when it comes up you know cast it off and yield to the spirit rather than you know if you if you live according to the flesh you'll live the flesh reap corruption of you you know yeah. live according to the spirit you'll from the spirit you know
1: you know what I would say, though? I could see somebody saying something like, well, I don't have that problem. Yeah, What are you talking about? To which I would say, if you don't have a struggle between the spirit and the flesh...
0: Then you may not have the spirit indwelling you.
1: Right. You may not be born again. You know? Because if you don't ever get convicted of sin or unrighteousness in your life or something like that, then... <clears throat> Then I would question whether or not you're really saved, you know, because um, I know for me, if I think something wrong, I feel guilty. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, I'm like ah, you know. I mean, or or if I even and Rambler can tell you. I mean, I, you know, I will vent to him and I'll swear sometimes, like Rah! you know, I'll, I'll use some colorful language, which I'm not proud of, and I and I always say, you know, part of me tries to like, um, I'll be like. It's the only word i can think of you know. <laughs> I just, like, but then i'll then i'll apologize because i'll go you know that i shouldn't be saying that and i know that and it's it's so it's so frustrating to me so it's just uh, yeah anyway randall never swears though he's pretty much i would say, never. I, would, never I, would, say never. I, I would say in the 27 plus years i've known you i probably heard you swear I can't think of any more than probably 12 times tops, maybe even probably not even that many, you know, he's a perfect angel Uh, um. where he, you know, where Randall has an issue is in the car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he's driving. Then he'll say a comment and I'd be like, oh, here we go again. As I'm going, (laughs) the flesh and the spirit at war behind the wheel a new reality christian tv show (laughs) who who will like who will who will came to the flash first
0: it's like can't we just (laughs) can't we all just get along the reason we have the reason we have signs and and lights and lane markers and stuff like it is because there are other vehicles on the road and yeah i mean turn signals things like that you know it's all about cohabitating, you know, or co, you know, coexisting, not, coexisting on the road, you know, uh, you know, occupying, co-occupying, you know, sharing the road and, and sometimes it's I get,
1: coexisting and co-occupying in the same vehicles. I'm like,
0: uh, I anyway, I just,
1: I'm like, relax, bareface. It's I okay. a little. They can't hear you bareface. is what I often when, say.
0: <laughs> when others forget that they're sharing road the
1: Randall even had a, a sign on his car one time, I forgot what it said. It was something like "Your lights are on" or something. I forgot what, what sign was that. You remember when you, you were so annoyed, you made a sign and put it in your car?
0: I talked about. It. I don't know if I actually did. Yeah, I think
1: you did. But um, whatever, doesn't matter. So, well, it says it's breaking up, so that means it's time for us to leave anyway. All right. All right. So tomorrow is Thursday. Yeah, it is. Which means it's Thursday. Yeah, I don't think I have a guest tomorrow. I can look right now just to verify. You know, all you faithful disciples, you daily disciples don't care who we have. You just show up anyway. Uh, Yeah, I don't have a guest tomorrow. So we'll probably be looking at some headlines of the day or something. Uh, Yeah, and all that. So I want to say thank you, people. Thank you for joining us for Bible News Radio, where today we looked at the Bible I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Do me a favor. If you did, tweet me a message or send me a message and tell me what you got out of it because that's kind of cool, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Remember, so be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. Yeah, he does. We'll see you tomorrow.